Welcome to Surviving Creativity, the show where we talk to creative professionals about becoming your own boss, following your dreams, and hopefully surviving the process. Surviving Creativity is made possible by patrons like you. If you like what you hear and you're interested in becoming a patron, head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and lend us a hand. This week is part one of our very first convention special. The Surviving Creativity crew headed up to Seattle, Washington for the 12th annual Emerald City Comic Con, and boy did we have a good time. Scott and Brad ran the booth, and I hit the floor to talk one-to-one with creators about what makes them tick. We came up with five questions that we think really get to the heart of the matter. We asked people, what is their definition of success? Tell us all about their greatest failure. What's their process? What's their trick? And we ask creators to give us one piece of advice. Whether you're an aspiring creator or an adoring fan, you're gonna love what these people had to say. And we got someone from every aspect of creativity. In fact, we got so many people, we've had to split this episode into two. Join us for part one, where we speak with cartoonist Dylan McConist, video game and comic writer Anthony Johnston, PR professional and merchandise manufacturer Nicole Campos, artist and illustrator Justin Greenwood, writer extraordinaire Jen Van Meter, editor-in-chief of Oni Press, James Lucas Jones, editor, writer, and journalist Laura Hudson, writer and artist Jim Zub, cartoonist Erica Moen, and one of the best-known designers in the industry, Keith Wood. There's some great information here and some excellent entertainment, so sit back, relax, and welcome to another episode of Surviving Creativity. Maconis. 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 Yeah. Mechanus. No. <laughs> that is wrong. Uh, okay. Welcome to Surviving Creativity. It's nice to be here. For our this is our first ever convention podcast. How exciting for you. We're at a convention. You can hear the convention in the background. You can. It's uh, it's not bad though. It's nice, right? No. Uh, yesterday it was a lot more pounding '80s tunes from a nearby booth. So <laughs> today feels tranquil by comparison. <laughs> well, look, we've got a series of questions that we ask everybody. Have you fire, seen inside? Have you seen inside the actor studio? Yes, I have. It's similar to that. Yeah. Only these are better questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm interested. You, it, you hooked me. This is good stuff. Okay, so we ask this of everybody. Right. There's no wrong answer. Okay. And please just whatever comes to your mind, be it a story or a single word or whatever. Okay. Okay, I can do this. Okay, so the first question is, define for me success. Getting to do what you want. <laughs> Whatever that is. Yeah. That's a good definition. A good definition. Okay. Uh, tell me about your greatest failure. Uh, I screwed up a print run of 2,000 books to the tune of $7,000. 
Uh, and it was because I, I was working too hard. Like I couldn't see mistakes anymore because I was so exhausted. And so I, I had to pay for reprinting that entire run of books out of pocket. It was really shattering at the time. But you learned from it? I did. I learned all sorts of valuable things from it, like how not to freak out in the face of calamity, uh, that you can get over just about anything, that you know those financial reserves are really important, uh, and that also you can't, you can't do it all by yourself. When you get to a certain volume, you need to hire qualified help, and that, that there's, you're not failing because you're not doing it all yourself. It's okay to ask for help. Yeah, it's in fact critical. There is a point of success where if you are doing it all by yourself, you are actually injuring yourself. <laughs> Tell us about your process. Which process? Yours. Like making a salad or... Whatever you want to tell us. Like getting up in the morning, uh, how I apply eyeliner, which is badly. I should watch some tutorials. It's, it's totally up to you. It's just your process, you. What makes you tick? Uh, I don't like to do things the same way twice, which makes my process explanations useless for the public. Uh, I just like to have a whole bunch of things going on all at the same time so that if a process isn't working for me, I can shift over to another process. Uh, and if a project evolves over the course of time, I like that I can change it without you know, feeling like I'm throwing everything overboard. So, uh, That's interesting. Yeah. I think so, too. Not a lot of people do that. No, I like working in a variety of different ways. Otherwise, I get bored. I need to be climbing a sheer vertical surface at all times. <laughs> uh, what's your trick? My trick? Um, I do a really good dolphin impression. That's... Can we hear it? I want to hear the dolphin impression. No, it's, it would blow out your microphone. I only do it I'll for... back up. No, I only do it for people in person at shows when they ask. <laughs> And I haven't mentioned it online in years, but I still get people asking me for my dolphin impression at shows. It's great. You're going to get it again now because of the. this is going to go out and at the next show you're going to get a whole round of dolphin impression requests. I know. I'm putting it back into the world. I'm going to see if anybody takes me up on it. <laughs> I charge a quarter, though. People have to give me a quarter to get the dolphin impression. I think you're charging too little. Hey, you think my rates have gone up in, in the, the interim? <laughs> <laughs> my, my updated rates for 2014, 50 cents now. That's 50. Right. It's double the rate. Yeah, I want a shiny half dollar in my palm before you get flipper. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, one piece of advice. Bring a banana to every convention you attend. You, uh, you will need it, and the potassium helps your hands uh, stop shaking from all the coffee you've pounded. Thank you so much. Tell us uh, about your work and where people can find you. You can find me online at dylanmaconis.com. Uh, I'm the creator of several independent graphic novels as well as a writer for Scott Kurtz's PVP. Thank you so much. Come back. Will you be on the show with us? Will you just do an episode with us? I will, since you asked so nicely. <laughs> Thank you, Dylan. <laughs> Bye, Corey. Anthony Johnson. Hi. Hi. It's <laughs> We're getting very close together. Now. Oh, yes, very close. <laughs> We've Sorry. been very close for a number of years now. It's true. How are you? I'm very well, thank Welcome you. Welcome to Surviving Creativity. Thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a uh, writer of comic books and video games, uh, best known for the post-apocalyptic series Wasteland and the video games Dead Space and Zombie U. That's excellent. Thank, thank you, you so much for being on the show. Hi, it's glad to be here. Uh, how are you enjoying Emerald City Comic Con? I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, the weather is basically the same as England, so I feel right at home. <laughs> Uh, Anthony, we have five questions that we ask uh, everyone, and I would like to ask those questions of you right now. I am ready. There, is, there are no right or wrong answers. You say that now. I, it's true. Uh, first of all, please define for me success. 
success is success is being able to sleep at night, preferably <laughs> with somebody that you love, uh, with a roof over your head, yeah, and knowing that you are doing good in the world. You could have my favorite answer to date <laughs> on, on this on this uh, list of questions. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, tell me a story about your greatest failure. Wow. You know, that's really hard to say because I'm one of those people who believes that uh, every path, I don't believe in destiny, but I, if you look back far enough, you know, on my career, you could say, well, if I hadn't done that, or if I hadn't met that person, or if I hadn't said this thing to that person, I would not be here today. So I have no regrets. I don't really think of, you know, the past events in that sense. Nevertheless, I did want to be uh, a heavy metal singer. And I never quite managed that. So I guess that would be my greatest failure. <laughs> I love that answer. We're, we're firm believers here that uh, the path to success is paved with failure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, a hundred failures for every success. And that's how you learn. You don't learn by success, you learn by failing. Uh, and by then looking at that, you know, sort of creative failure and thinking, okay, what did I do wrong? How could I do it better? And at most of the time, the people who uh, read or watch or listen or whatever you do, to the thing that you make won't even see those mistakes. They won't see them as failures, but you know what didn't happen. You know what you wanted to do that didn't quite turn out right, and it'll, it, it eats at you and it bugs you, and that's what drives you forward. That's why you then make something new to try and do it better next time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tell us, uh, what is your process? <laughs> if you really want to know my process, you need to go to my website where I have like a 6,000 word <laughs> articles about this very subject. I'm a big process junkie. Um, basically, I, I start small with you know, a rough outline and then I fill in the details and build and build in layers. Uh, that's, the, that's the very short version. <laughs> okay, uh, and I'll give you a chance later to tell us all about your website. Uh, let's see, what were we on? Uh, process, right? Uh, What's your trick? Wow, now that's a pretty open-ended question. Yeah. Uh, my trick, do you know, I'm, I'm not even sure what to say to that. Uh, I try to work with as few tricks as possible. I guess, you know, I have techniques and sort of maybe ticks that I fall back on, but I try to be honest with my art and with my audience, um, you know. I try not to be cynical in that sense. One piece of advice. Never give up. It's an excellent that's piece it. of advice. That's yeah, it. that's it's it. It's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, free plug time. Wherever you want to send these people, tell them where to go. All right, well, my personal website is anthonyjohnston.com. That's A-N-T-O-N-Y-J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N.com. And from there, you'll then find links to uh, sites that I have for my books like Umbral and The Fuse and Wasteland and more about me. You can read about my process, etc., etc. Um, yeah, more than you ever really wanted to know. And if you follow the links to Instagram, you can also see lots and lots of pictures of my dogs. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anthony. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, my pleasure. It's always good to see you, Corey. Thanks, man. Cool. how are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm really in just my first Emerald City Comic Con, so I'm having a great time. The crowds are awesome. Like, everyone's just chill and it's fun. Welcome to Surviving Creativity. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do. Um, 
I live in LA, born and raised, and I work for wheelofine.com, and we're a website with official licenses for Marvel and Star Wars and Adventure Time um, and PvP Table Titans as well. Um, and so I've been working there now, going on four years, um, and basically I do social media for the website. Um, and I do press and publicity and um, occasionally come to shows like this to try to start, talk to people, make connections, and, and uh, get more partnerships on the website. And Yeah, it's a great job. Wheel of Fine is a, a licensing merchandise manufacturer, mm -hmm. and uh, basically you run the PR and the social media for them. Yeah. Does that sum it up pretty well? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Uh, so on Surviving Creativity, we like to have uh, creative types from all aspects of everything, and uh, we thought it would be really cool to get people from the actual production side, so you know, somebody who's doing licenses and making merchandise, and we ask all of our creators five questions, and uh, the, there's no right or wrong answer to those questions, and, and we use it to evaluate you and judge you. Exactly. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, is it all right? Is it to decide if I'm going to make it through the reaping or not? Or, you know. Is it all right if we ask you these questions? Of course, absolutely. Uh, so the first question is, please define for us success. Uh, wow, that's a toughie. Um, <laughs> success? Success to me is when you set out to do something. Um, you Obviously, it's, it's great to set your goals for yourself that you want to surpass every time you um, are try working on a new project or trying to um, achieve something that you had envisioned a certain way. Um, to me, success is believing in yourself and ultimately um, being happy with the job that you did and knowing that you gave it 110%. Because like, sometimes you're going to do stuff and it's going to be wildly successful and other times you're going to do stuff and it's gonna be not so successful. And my feeling is as long as you're true to yourself and you feel like you really gave it your all, then you know, that's that's success to me. Is really, you know, just doing the best that you can and feeling like um, feeling good about it, feeling like you have good relationships with the people that you work with and yeah. Well and we'll jump off from that for our second question, which is uh, tell us a story about your greatest failure. My greatest failure, oh jeez. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, it's funny. I used to work at LA Weekly. I worked at LA Weekly for many years, and I covered a lot of events for them. Um, and I did a series of interviews, actually, at a couple of uh, Comic-Cons. And one year, I was out really late on Saturday at a crazy party, and I drank too much. And then I had a, um, a panel, that, uh, like a press panel, the next morning. And I was... I, I, I was in, together enough that I got out of my hotel okay and like I was standing up straight and everything um, but I was young and I was really excited and I just kind of bungled it and, and I ended up going to the panel and was really proud of myself like I asked some really good questions got back to my hotel and realized that my tape was not on oh, the entire time no. and I ended up I ended up going to the public panel for the, the same group of, of actors that day um, and had to sort of piece together a, a piece for that. But, I mean, it read like total crap. And, I mean, it was just, I was so disappointed in myself because I've always been really, like, good about detail-oriented asking, like, when I have a set of questions and I have my tape ready to go always and I'm really good at, like, making sure that I transcribe and, and 
listen to things five times over to make sure I get everyone quoted accurately. Yeah. And I just shat the bed on that one. <laughs> it was bad. It was so bad. Uh, but you took something away from it, obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah. Make sure your damn tape recorder is on whenever you're doing an interview. <laughs> and don't drink that much on Saturday night, especially at San Diego. <laughs> that, that is good advice for yeah. all parties involved. Exactly. Uh, tell us about your process. Um, well, it's, t it's different with every project. Like... Uh, when I'm trying to reach out to people for partnerships on the website, like it varies depending on who they are. Like if it's working directly with um, creators, then I'll try to keep it more personal and sort of say, hey, this is who we are, this is what we do. I'm a big fan of what you guys do. We have, you know, we reach out directly to fans to um, get their feedback and make sure that our products are, because our whole thing is for fans by fans. And so we're always trying to get feedback from fans to inform everything that we do. So it's not just like, you know, marketing department at so-and-so taking a stab at what they think people want to wear and what right, they want right, to buy. Right. Like we want to hear from people and actually make what they want to wear. Right. Um, so trying to let people know about that. And then also, you know, when it comes to working with um, like maybe websites, places like that, try to do research into what their audience is and like make sure that they're like, you could love a website to pieces, but if you're trying to work on a partnership with them, like, their audience and your audience, like the Venn diagram might really overlap heavily or it might just be kind of narrow. Just to kind of make sure that when you're reaching out to um, other entities like that, like see what their audience is and then see what you can offer them before you reach out to them and be like, you know, we would love to do this with you. Because yeah, yeah. it's kind of like you, you want to reach out to them and sort of um, take advantage of both of your audiences, like to reach more people. Sure. But it's always good to to kind of uh, see like what they would see in you before you make that, sure, that outreach, sure. yeah. Cool. Uh, what is your trick? What is my trick? Um, I don't like to trick people. I like to be honest. <laughs> I like to be above board always. Um, no, but I, I guess, I guess, like I said, just be honest with people and just, you know, try to, try to, uh, well, it's tricky because I know that sometimes, you know, you go to shows like this and especially when you're kind of like, uh, trying to reach out to people cold, like people yeah, that you yeah, might yeah. not necessarily know. I mean, it's great if you can say, I know so-and-so, or I've worked with so-and-so who is somebody that they know and trust. Um, but it, it's tricky and, you know, the thing is to always sort of, um, know that, you know, they see a lot of people, but if you can kind of. Uh, just keep it friendly and keep it laid back when yeah, you're talking yeah. to people or when you're trying to make connections. Um, that's the best way to go about it. Like, if you seem too formal, they're just going to, like, blow you off. Because that's the best thing about being at shows like this or, you know, uh, like working in social media and communities online is if you can kind of keep it fun and keep it relaxed and keep it more about, like, hey you do something creative and amazing and I'm a big fan of that and you're a big fan of, you know, we're all geeks together and it's yeah, great. Yeah. Like if you can keep that vibe always, that kind of helps the business aspect of it feel less like work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, give us one piece of advice. One piece of advice. Um, <laughs> try to work Try to try to um, like I was saying. Try to uh, to you know always give it your all and try to to, to give it 110 percent. But don't like, don't ever take yourself too seriously. Sure. Like know that you know, um, like we were saying, you know, occasionally you're gonna fail. Occasionally you're gonna go into something and it, you're gonna bite off more than you can chew. Yeah, um, but always go into it with a sense of humor and a sense of you know, 
that life is a basically life is a constant learning curve. I mean, you could be ready to retire and you're still like learning, you're still getting your ass whipped and learning things yeah, about yeah, life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no one has all the that, I guess no one has all the answers. That's my number one thing. Sure. Is like you have to learn from your mistakes and you have to, um, you know, stay driven and you have to. Uh, have a sense of, of what you want to do, but try to keep it fun and just, you know, try not to get too serious. That's yeah. my thing, is have fun. That's, oh, that's, that's my great. number one thing. That's fantastic advice. Thank you. Well, for answering our five questions, yes. I'm going to give you an opportunity to uh, plug whatever you like and send our listeners wherever you want to send them. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, um, definitely come to wheelofine.com. Okay. Um, we have a lot of really cool stuff planned this year. We're working on, um, I mean, we sell many, many, many amazing t-shirts is how we started was in t-shirts, but we're expanding beyond that. And especially if you're a girl geek, we're getting a lot of really cool women's fashion stuff. Cool. Like we're moving into dresses and leggings and sweaters. Nice. And it's like uh, everything from Adventure Time to Bravest Warriors to Marvel mm -hmm. to Star Wars. Um, and a bunch of really cool gaming licenses that we're starting on now. We're doing uh, stuff with Valve, so we've got Portal cool. and Dota 2 and Team cool, Fortress. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna be at uh, various cons throughout the year, and then also if you come online and check out the stuff that we have, we love to get feedback from fans about what they wanna see. So like if you see something on our website and you are like, oh, I'd like to see that in a different color, or I'd like to see that in a different size, or like, you know, if you have suggestions also about characters that maybe we don't have featured from like things like Marvel, and Marvel has so many characters, um, we love to get feedback from people. So not only can you shop for really cool stuff with us, but we love to like help shape our content and our shop through hearing from fans. So it's a great two-way street. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for doing this thank for us. Thank you, absolutely. Have a great rest of the show. You too. Thanks. All right, I've got Justin Greenwood. Justin Greenwood. That's for my own personal reference. Oh, I see. Very good. Hello there, Corey. So nice to see you again. <laughs> Hi, Justin. It's good to see you, too. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Surviving Creativity. Thank you. I'm excited to be here on this fantastic program. We have five questions that uh, we ask everybody. I'd like to ask you those questions. Okay, shoot. Uh, first, please define for me success. Um, in terms of creativity, I think success is getting to do what you want to do. I mean, if you, if you are fortunate enough to do a creative endeavor... Uh, for a living or, or otherwise, the most satisfying thing you can do is um, actually get to do specifically what you want to do and not be affected by what other people want you to do within that forum, you know? So anyways, for me, sorry, I was rambling. So for no, success, no. in terms of success, I think the best thing is, in my case, I draw. There's nothing more satisfying than getting to draw the things you want and not the, the things that other people want. That's a great answer, man. Great answer. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> There's no wrong answer. This, this is the thing that people get stuck up on. There's no yeah. wrong answer. Yeah. It, it, you know, the, it's, it's what you feel at that moment when we ask it. Yes. Good. Very good. Uh, with that in mind, yeah. tell us a story about your greatest failure. Hmm. Um, I don't know about creative, creatively my greatest failure. I mean, there's things I've done and not felt good about, but I, I don't really get it. I don't hold on to that for very long. You know, if I were to think of my greatest failure in life, it was um, waiting so long to have children and missing out on the opportunity to meet my father, probably. That's a personal failure. But those things guide us. You know, we, we really believe in, in uh, success by failure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so where, where did that, how did that change my opinion about life afterwards? Sure, whatever. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think from things like that, uh, hopefully I'm making better decisions. I don't know. It's not really even a bad decision. It's just um, life is a crazy thing, and hopefully, 
hopefully every time something doesn't work out the way you want it to, you build on top of it rather than let it destroy you. I think that's probably true of everything. That's, that's great. I like that. That's Thank good you. method. Do you hear this encouragement, people on this program? This is, this is real true love right here. <laughs> We're just sitting here holding, holding each other smiling. You can't see us, but we are really in love. Uh, tell me about your process. What's your process? Um, well, I work in comics. Uh, my process, I, when, I'm, when I'm working on a comic book, I pretty much read it without the intention of visually trying to, to break it down and more just um, get a feeling for it and have an opinion about it. And then I'll usually review it a few more times, and, and it'll be a little bit like, um, I don't know, you're just slowly defining it for yourself in your own mind. I mean, I think the first thing you can, the first thing I do, the most important thing is to really have an, have an opinion. And once I have an opinion, then I start to think about how that's going to look visually and what I think is interesting. But um, from that point, yeah, I just slowly start to break it down and, and, and into little pieces. And then I send those off and we discuss those pieces and then I, I start working on the pages. What's your trick? My trick? What's the trick of my trade? It's my glamorous, charming wit. Corey, you, have fucking, you haven't noticed by now? You can curse on this show, right? You can say whatever you want. Yeah, you haven't noticed my charming wit? I can't believe you don't know my trick. <laughs> Everybody's got a different one. You, you know what my trick is? I just keep, I just keep getting up. No matter what happens, uh, you know, comics is a cra- and for me has been a crazy long road, and I'm super happy to be doing it for a living. And there are times when I thought I wouldn't have that opportunity, so I think my trick would be keeping that in front of me and being appreciative of what I have. Give us one piece of advice. Um, one piece of advice. You'll follow your heart. It's, it's the cheesiest, most, uh, it'll sound naive. People will tell you it's crazy. And nothing will make you more happy, though. I love it. Yep. I love you, man. Thank you so no, much. I love you, Corey. I love you. Ooh, mm. It's a love fest. This is going to be the greatest podcast ever. All right, now's your chance for free plug. Tell people where to find you, where to find your stuff. Um, you can find me. I think um, I just rebranded my website at justingreenwoodart.com. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at jkgreenwood underscore art which is super complicated but hopefully you guys got that jk greenwood underscore art thank you so much justin enjoy the show my man thank you i have sweaty hands i apologize (laughs) uh hi jim van meter hi how's it going it's going fine Corey. how is it going with you i'm doing very well thank you tell us uh tell our listening audience uh about yourself and what you do okay well i'm jen van meter i'm a comics writer uh, I do a book for Oni Press called Hopeless Savages. It has another volume forthcoming sometime in the future, but we don't know exactly when it's on the schedule yet. And I've also done some short work for Marvel and DC. And um, I'm working now on a book for Valiant called Dr. Mirage and some other projects that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Welcome to uh, Surviving Creativity Emerald City Comic Con special. Hi, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. How's the con going for you? It's very busy, but fun. So we have five questions that we ask every creator, and I'm going to ask you those five questions. All right. I've got I've got five fingers. I can do this. There's no right or wrong answer, and it and the answer doesn't have to be what you think the answer is about. So it's just whatever comes to your mind. All right. You ready? Okay. I'm going to be as ready as I can. You'll be fine. Please define for me success. Being glad to go to work in the morning. That's pretty much it. (laughs) That's a great answer. I love that. It's the first time I've had that answer today. It's great. Okay. (laughs) So far, I'm there. (laughs) You're one one for five. All right. You ready? Uh, Tell me a story about your greatest failure. My greatest failure? Um, I took on a short project uh, at the behest of an editor who 
knew I didn't really want to do it, but badgered me anyway. And I wrote a story that I didn't really want to write to make this person happy. Um, because sometimes you want to please people. And um, it didn't feel good to me. It was like wearing somebody else's clothes for eight pages. And it didn't go well. It didn't. I don't think it reflected my ability well. And I don't think it reflected my politics well. And the whole thing kind of went upside down. And when it did, I should have, I, I said to myself, I saw this coming all along subconsciously um, because there's no amount of pleasing people that's worth not doing the thing that you're good at. And I didn't. We, we're firm believers in uh, success by failure, that it's, the road is paved with failure. So I'm sure you learned a lot from the I experience. I learned, I learned to say no when I didn't have a good gut feeling about the, the, the ask, um, especially with work for hire. Um, if something feels wrong, it, it is worth it to me to say no, it's even if I lose wrong. the money or the job. Right. Um, and it's tricky, because you're hoping that somebody will call you again, and you're afraid that the no often, it, it, I, I am afraid often that a no will mean that they don't call back. Um, I would rather have them not call back than have them, I would rather have them not call back over the no than have them not call back because the whole thing went hairball and everybody involved looked bad. That's that's great. <laughs> uh, what's your process? Um, I spend a lot of time reading background material that never winds up making it into a project, um, just to build up, um, I, I guess, a fertile soil, and. That's good because that's the kind of reading and research and thinking that you can do while you're doing the other pieces of your life, like making the beds and cooking the dinner. Um, and then at a certain stage, I kind of break things down into, I try to, I try to picture a shape for a story. Like, where's it going to go up? Where's it going to go down? And it kind of depends on who I'm working with because if I'm working with a really interactive editor, or with an artist from the start, um, then there's a lot of talking to somebody else that's really back and forthy, and that's fantastic. Um, but it's completely different than when somebody says, hey, could you write me this thing for 20 pages? And I'm kind of working in isolation, and then they pick an artist. Um, and for that, I tend to do a little bit more trying to book map it and, and be really clear about what I'm imagining, because the script may be the only time the artist and I get to communicate. Sure. So. Oh, that's cool. What's your trick? My trick. I am good at transitions in comics. I'm good at moving out of a scene and into another one in a way that makes them feel connected. Um, often with uh, some kind of dialogue carryover. Um, it is a thing that I lean on probably too much. Um, and it is also a thing I'm trying to learn not to lean on because digital comics makes the page turn a different experience. Um, and I'm trying really hard to think about all the different formats a person may meet a thing in. Um, and so I'm having to kind of reteach myself that a little bit. It's interesting to me because you're, uh, to derail from the questions a little bit, you're the only person that told me their trick and then said I'm trying to get away from it. Yeah, I, I, I don't, well, the thing is, is a trick is a great thing until it's a crutch, sure. or it's a thing that you go to. I, I, I think we all have um, 
My daughter's name is Dasha. You know that expression about how She's if the only tool you've got is a hammer, everything uh, looks like a nail? Yeah. If you've had really good luck nailing things, you forget to look and see what other tools you have. And every once in a while, I'll read somebody else's stuff and be like, oh, right, you can do that. You know, and it's not that I didn't know. It's that somehow I had forgotten that, you know, oh, you know, you can, you, you can just drop what you're doing and move on and let people wonder what happened. And, and having gotten good at a certain kind of movement, I then forget all the other ways stories can move, and um, and then I tend to feel kind of hamstrung, and and I feel like, you know, the more stuff I remember I can do, then the more kinds of stories I can tell. I think that's the biggest thing is I I wind up kind of locking myself into a certain kind of humor, a certain kind of beat. Um, and then if somebody says, hey, will you write me a scary story? All of a sudden I start remembering tools I'd forgotten I had because you want suspense all of a sudden. and. Yeah, it's it's it, it it's it feels um, more exciting to to come into a story where I'm trying to do something new. That's great. All right, so one last question. Uh, give us a piece of advice. You're gonna have to edit this long silence while I think. <laughs> no, it's fine. I leave long silences in on purpose, and then I fill them with my own voice. <laughs> I think if I have anything I would do over, I would go back to younger versions of myself and say this, this idea that you don't have time for the thing you want to do, whether it's travel or more research or whatever. Um, if you imagine in your 20s, for instance, that you don't have time, do not think there will be more time in your 40s. <laughs> Do not imagine that there will be more time in your 50s. Like, there's there's the time in front of you, and there's what you do with it. And um, there's a lot of stuff I'd have gotten done by now. If I hadn't spent a lot of my 20s going, oh, I'm so frantically busy with stuff, I had no idea what busy felt like. Um, and and the transitions of your life, you know? It's like the, the, the stuff that I didn't do before I had kids because I thought I was too busy. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be in college before I ever see that kind of time again. And it's um, it's also, you know, I spent, I, I spent my share of time on couches going, I'm too busy to do this other thing. And it's like, well, you know, I wasn't too busy to watch a whole bunch of reruns of Wings, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, so that's the best. Yeah. So that would be my advice: is is, is that that idea that there's going to be a better time ahead for doing a thing you want to do. Yeah. You can't count on it. Not. Seize the day, kind of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, Jen, for answering our five questions, I'm now going to give you an opportunity to plug yourself or whatever you want, and send people wherever you want to send them. Um, I would like people to read lots and lots of comics and go to their local store and buy and read lots and lots of comics. And I would like people to remember um, the words Dr. Mirage in June when it's time to pre-order a comic coming out from Valiant in September that I'm writing that I'm really excited about. Um, and, um, you know, I, I... And comics. More comics. More comics. Please, more comics. Yes. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> James Lucas Jones. And then I'll come over here, and we can get really close and personal, or I can move the mic we back can, and forth. It's up to you. We can rub beards we together. We can beard rub. <laughs> Hi, James. So terrible. Hello. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's a show, so. It is Emerald City Comic Con. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Uh, I'm the editor-in-chief at Oni Press, um, which means I do a little bit of everything. Uh, I edit some books, I do a lot of administrative stuff, and generally just kind of guide the creative vision of the company with uh, my partner, Joe Nosemack, our publisher. And if you're unfamiliar with Oni Press, the publishers of Scott Pilgrim and The Six Gun and Courtney Crumrin and probably a bunch of new titles that I'm absolutely forgetting. <laughs> yes, and, and Helheim and uh, most recently Letter 44 and The Bunker and The Auteur. And lots of the titles. Well, yeah. <laughs> you got to have those indefinite articles or who cares? Uh, so we have five questions that we ask creative types and uh, there's no right answer, there's no wrong answer. It's, it's whatever, however long or short you want to answer them, and, and I'd like to ask them of you. Uh, all right. First, uh, define for me success. Oh, that's hard because it, <laughs> there are so many different arenas and qualifications. But for me, it's creative success. It's whether the, the story works, whether everything came together and the vision was executed in the way that it was intended and, and in the way that we uh, envisioned. I think that's a great definition. Yeah, well, that's fine. You'd be shocked at how many people cannot answer that question. It's a very difficult question. It, no, it is. Well, because there's the whole financial success component to it, too, which if I was worried about it at that end, I would not be working in indie comics. <laughs> uh, tell us about your greatest failure. No. <laughs> that's, a, that's a totally acceptable answer. <laughs> no, I mean, there's there's... I, the thing is with with Oni, like, there's never been a book that we've done to just to do the book. Everything that we've we've set out to do, we've had the highest uh, expectations for. It's just sometimes things don't work out, and so um, yeah, th there's frustrations when books don't come together the way that you want them to. But you just have to deal with it and move on. I think any anyone who listens to the to the show is probably very aware that we're big proponents of the path to success is paved in failure. We think every failure is just another step. It's just another part of the process. Well, and again, it's, it's just like uh, success, like the, the failure is so subjective too. Like, and again, I, I'm much more worried about it creatively rather than financially. So as long as, as a book is a creative success, then, then I'm not worried about the financial failures as much. Uh, I mean, we are, but yeah. Tell us uh, about your process. What's your process? <laughs> again, again, I think it depends on for what. Um, you know, in terms of editing, like my day has changed pretty radically in the last couple of years, and most of my editing that I get to do now takes place between about seven in the morning and nine or nine thirty when everybody else starts to get into the office. Um, but for me, it's it's you know, editor my editorial process. I like to ask questions. Uh, I feel like it's our job to ask questions, not give answers. Um, you know, we can identify problems or things that we think need uh, noodling or work in a script or an art or, or whatever. But I think um, you know, asking for a clarification from the from the creator and, and finding out what their intention was and communicating to them that that is not being communicated clearly and letting them figure out the solution is preferable to us offering up our own solutions. So that's you know my my editorial process. That's cool. That's very cool. And uh, by the way. 
process could have been answered in any way. You could have told us your process for making a sandwich. Oh, well. What is your process for making a sandwich? <laughs> I, I'm not making sandwiches right now. I've been trying not to eat wheat. <laughs> and gluten-free bread sucks. So. I don't know why that struck me as funny. Yeah. Uh, give us a piece of advice. Hmm. That's so hard. Just one piece of advice? Um, no, I, I would say, you know, particularly with, with surviving creativity, it's you've got to be happy with the work, but not obsessive with it. Um, there are always going to be lessons that you're going to learn from any creative endeavor. I think it's important to be willing to apply those lessons to the next creative endeavor than continually revising and reworking the same thing, because I think it's really easy to lose sight of your goal when you do that. One last question, you ready? All right. What's your trick? My trick? Um, wow, that's, that's really hard. Um, hmm. I think uh, my, my best trick is uh, I, I've discovered that the most effective way to clean the office French press is using Charlie Chu's chopsticks <laughs> and not ever telling him that. And sometimes I wash them and sometimes I don't. So <laughs> Everything tastes that's, like that's coffee. Yeah, so every all of his uh, ramen always tastes like coffee, vaguely. And he doesn't know why. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, free plug. Now's your chance. Oh, onipress.com, uh, and uh, check definitely check us out on social media, uh, onipress.tumblr.com, and uh, Facebook, onipress, and Twitter, onipress. Thank you so much, Chase. Thank you. Hugs time. Hi, Laura Hudson. Hello. Welcome to Surviving Creativity. It's great to be here. We're currently kneeling on a convention floor. <laughs> We are. We are kneeling in the middle of uh, Emerald City Comic Con 2014. Uh, exciting times. Uh, but I hear you have a few questions for me. I do. Real quick first, uh, for our listeners, please tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Oh, sure. Uh, my name's uh, Laura Hudson. Uh, I founded Comics Alliance back when, uh, and now I work at Wired. I write primarily about entertainment and culture, including comics. That's fantastic. Uh, so we have five questions that we ask all of our creators. Uh, and you can answer these questions however you want, and there's no right or wrong answer, and you just answer whatever comes into your head first, okay? So the first question is, please define for me success. Uh, success. I think to some degree it's defined by happiness, right? I think that it's something that has to be determined by an internal barometer and not an external narrative, and I think a lot of people buy into that notion that like every year you have to be making more money or have something cool to say at a party about what you're doing now that you weren't doing before. I think for some people that does mean success, and that is what makes them happy. I think that's not true for everybody. When I was uh, 18, uh, in my college yearbook, they asked us where we would be 10 years from then, and I remember I said happy. That was what I wanted. That's, that's a I great did. answer. Thank you. Uh, okay, so excellent answer to question number one. That's probably the hardest one. Feeling all right? Feeling great. Okay, uh, tell me a story about your greatest failure. Wow, my greatest, oh, so the first one was the hardest one? My greatest failure. Um, I, this is going to be one of those interview question sort of answers where it's like, it was because I was like too productive. That's like my greatest flaw. I think, um, I think this is maybe related to the first. I think one of my failures is that 
it's really difficult for me to accept uh, giving less than 100% at things, and it's really difficult for me to say no to things. And I think it's easy to get overloaded, and then all of a sudden you have way too many things, more than any human being can do, uh, and you want to do it all as well as you can. And I, I think there have been times in my life where I've hit walls where I really felt like I, I can't do this anymore. There's no way for me to do this. I think the failure there for me was just in terms of management, taking on too much, uh, more than I could handle, and, and not knowing how to manage that. I don't think I failed in any individual thing so badly, but my life as a whole was not manageable, and that was not okay. And that's, that's just something I've been thinking about lately. That's some interesting thought. I, I will point out, though, that on Surviving Creativity, we say this a lot, uh, the road to success is paved with failure. That is our personal belief. So there, there are no true failures. You learn from everything that happens. Well, and also that I think that in a lot of those moments, externally, I looked very successful, you know, and by some measures, you know, was. Right. But I, I, I felt constantly like I was failing, you know, and I think that that's probably more important than the external perception. That's why we asked the first question first. I see. It's all rich tapestry. <laughs> it's a trick. It's all a trick. Uh, let's see. Tell us about your process. Uh, my process, I guess it depends on, you know, for what. You know, I've worked as an editor. Uh, I work primarily as a writer now. Um, a lot of times I'll come at something. If I'm writing something often, I just start, I start wherever I can. You know, like I, people sit there and, you know, kill themselves trying to write the lead to a story. You don't have to start with a lead, you know. Sometimes I'll write the kicker first or I'll be like, oh, this one's going to be great. When, you know, when you get to the end, the yeah. kicker's just going to be awesome. Uh, you start what you know wherever you find your way in, uh, and you and I do that a lot, and then you build the structure from there. Or at least that's my process. That's how I do it. It's a great process. I love it. Thank you. What's your trick? Uh, my trick. Uh, I think my trick is that I don't know if I make it look easy. I think sometimes <laughs> people. I don't know. It's. I I think it's harder than it looks sometimes, but I think that that's true of everybody. I think that part of being cool and part of seeming successful is trying to not only do amazing things but make it seem effortless. You know, I think that's the trick. And I think everybody is attempting to perform this trick. Uh, and to some degree, I, I think I am too. But, you know, the truth is that it's hard. I mean, not in a way that it's bad or that I'm really complaining about, but that it's behind every person is someone who has insecurities and feels like they're failing sometimes. And it's, it's I think, almost never effortless. I like that answer. That's a good answer. That's my favorite trick answer today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I might have said that more than once, just I warning you when it comes out. That's what you tell all the girls, Corey. <laughs> okay, uh, one last question. Please give us a piece of advice. Hmm. About creativity or about anything? It's your question. Hmm. Be happy. Don't be afraid to work less at a certain point. I, I think you need to, for a lot of people, there are things that they want to achieve in their life in order to feel complete, in order to feel whole. But like at the end of the day, I don't know, maybe this is my stage of life thing, but like don't be afraid to step back if you can, if you're able to, and, and work less. And uh, devote time to the people in your life that like aren't gonna give you retweets. You know, that like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I I know exactly what you mean. And and I because ultimately I there's an emptiness, you know, to the to online popularity and, and to certain external measures of success. And if you do it long enough, like, you're not going to feel satisfied. And at the end of the day, what you're left with is those people in your life and the time that you spent with them. Sure. And that's it. 
That's fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us here. Oh, thank you for convincing me to come over here and talk to you. I'm All right. excited. Because you uh, answer our five questions, you get a chance to send our listeners wherever you want to send them. What do you want to plug? Like, by magic? Up to you. Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to, to, you mean like on my, like a website of mine? Or? It's whatever you want. I, just, I try, always try, I want to know parameters because I want to, <laughs> I want to get the right answer. Um, I would say, let me, hmm. The, it's, this is the first question that has stumped you. And it's basically, what do you want people? What do you want people to see of your crap, or where, where do you want them to go? What do you want them to do? I don't like to tell people what to do for the most part. That's not not really my jam. Um, I guess if I were gonna tell people to go anywhere or do anything, um, huh, yeah, I want to tell you what to do, man. Do whatever you want to do. Do whatever Hi, you want to do. Um, I I write it wired. Um, you can read me there if you want. I'm, I'm Laura, L-A-U-R-A underscore Hudson, H-U-D-S-O-N on Twitter. It's up to you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Jim Zub? Do you, Zub or Zubkovich? You just Zub. do Zub? Jim Zub? Zub. All right. Uh, that was my reference, not yours. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jim Zubkovich. Immediately rolls into it. All right, take take four. Take seven, Jim's. <laughs> hey man, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm ready for a nap. Already? It's just Sunday afternoon here at Emerald City <laughs> Comic Con. Uh, welcome to Surviving Creativity. Oh, thank you for having me. I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, I am a comic writer an artist, uh, art instructor, based out of Toronto, Canada, but don't hold that against me. And uh, I've been in this business now for, oh God, coming up on 13 years, starting in animation, moving over to uh, comics, uh, web comics, and uh, art production, art direction, and now I'm doing a lot more writing. So yeah, it's been a, a varied career. Excellent. Uh, so on Surviving Creativity, uh, we have our creators on and we ask them five questions. Okay. And uh, there are no right or wrong answers. You can answer these questions however you choose uh, or whatever happens to come to your mind at the time. Don't think too much about it. So uh, I would like to ask you those five questions. Is that all right? Is that one of the questions? No, no, that's, <laughs> that's sub-question A. Question zero is, are you okay with this? <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, Jim, please, for me, define success. Being able to do work that you're proud of on your own terms and be financially set enough to choose the projects and opportunities that you want rather than feeling like you have to grab whatever comes your way. It's interesting to me that you added the, uh, the financial caveat because very few people have put that in there. Well, I think that, you know, having, a, maybe it's just because I'm so pragmatic, but I love, <laughs> I love being able to not only do what I want to do, but not be afraid of, of taking risks. And I think that, I know people talk about, you know, pursuing your dreams and going at any cost, but it, the, there is a cost involved. You have to live your life and you have to, you know, if you can't eat, it's all well and good to say that you're creating art and it's all well and good to say that you're doing something you love, but you do need to keep the lights on. And I think that that's, that's viable and real. And one of the reasons why it took me a while to start doing my own work on my own terms is because I needed to learn and build up uh, not only a nest egg, but also sort of a, an experience, I think, nest egg, before I was really able to step out and, and take those risks, you know, confidently. 
Uh, question the second. Please uh, tell us a story about your greatest failure. Oh, good Lord, what kind of, <laughs> this is not happy stuff going on. Jeez, um, now you're getting all deep right to cutting to the uh, core really. here. Uh, I, multiple times where I have cut myself uh, short on, on working on things that were something that I knew right from the get-go would not go well, but I felt like it was important, whether it was to please someone else or to please, I don't know, like like just not having the, the courage to stand up and go, this is not going well or this isn't gonna work properly. And that's not to say that you shouldn't compromise because there is compromise is a part of the creative process, but when something is going so horrifically wrong and you are sort of a willing party, just, just along for the ride, there are times if you're a freelancer or you're very low on the totem pole where you're not gonna have that kind of control, but I've been in a spot where I should have spoken up and I and I was too afraid. And I was too afraid of, of I don't know, afraid of, I didn't have the, uh, my own confidence. And then realizing it wasn't gonna work, watching it not go well, and then finishing it off and no one's happy and, it, it, and realizing that, that the entire way through that voice in the back of my head was calling out and saying, do something, <laughs> and I just went, no, no, I'll just lie here, you know? Right. Uh, and it doesn't happen very often now, but uh, it does teach you things regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, that's the interesting point, and we bring this up a lot, and I'm sure everyone listening to this is just <laughs> sick to fucking death of hearing me say it, but it really is, failure is the key to success, it's the, it's the road to success, and, and learning what you did about that, now I'm sure on any given project, if, if that tiny voice in the back of your brain starts saying, shit, shit, yeah. shit. I mean, you do get a, an instinct, whether it's a social instinct or a business instinct, the more that you do. And you, you know, so much of this industry is about relationships and trust, and it's about imparting trust, and it's also about getting trust from other people and, and being able to work well with them and know that you're working with the right people. Yeah. And that is something that you really do build up over time and over experience and, and the opposite, when the alarm bell goes off, recognizing it and then knowing what to do about it. What is your process? It's a very broad term. Um, Intentionally broad. Yeah, I start at the macro and work to the micro. So big concept or big, what is my goal? Is in like, I'm gonna tell this story and it is about this, and when I say about this, I don't mean like these plot points. I mean, this is what message or theme that I have that is important to me that I want to impart. And then you go from that big picture idea and you start to break it down into, well, what's it going to be? Is it going to be a comic? Is it going to be animation? Is it going to be what art style is going to fit best for it? What are the granular little things? And so you go from the big to the small. And so I try and break it into bite-sized pieces that I can then organize and understand yeah. until you get it focused down to the actual production of the thing. So big to little. Big to little. Yeah. Oh, fantastic process. We've heard that more than once now. Oh, thank you. Uh, what is your trick? Good question again. The silence. Wish you could see the screwed up <laughs> thinking gears turning in my head right now on this podcast. Um, my trick... I know it sounds really corny. There's two things I can sort of say. So there's that thing they say, fake it till you make it, right? There is a, if you are, 
if you speak with confidence, people want to work with others that believe in what they're doing. And you have to believe in what you're doing and impart that confidence to other people. Some of the most nervous interactions I've had, like, you know, I want a retching vomit, I'm going into a big pitch meeting or something like that, you gotta purge that from your body and walk in there and say, this is what I believe and this is why I think it'll work and be open to the feedback and be open to communication, but step strongly forward so that they want you to carry through on it. Part of pitching is what you're pitching and part of it is who you are. Are you the person that can do the thing you're telling us? And so you have to walk in there, not like, you know, it's not like I of the tiger, but there's an element of it where you've gotta be, this is why I think it will work. And even if they walk away and they say, it's not the one we want to do, ideally they go, but you're the person we want to do something with because of who you are. And then the other one that I always say is people say, you know, write what you know. And I think that's half a statement. Write what you know and try to know a lot. So have as many varied experiences as you can. Interact with people, travel, open yourself up and empathize with others so that when you create stories, you're not just navel-gazing at your own self, but you are broadening your experiences and opening yourself up to new ideas. Write what you know and try to know as much as you can. Give us one piece of advice. That was the one I just gave you. Just re-edit the questions (laughs) so that you can take that one and put it after there. Write what you know, know, yeah. And then don't put this part in, edit back, we're good. We don't, we don't do a lot of editing. <laughs> well, then, that was my advice. Just roll the tape back, and we're all good. Thank you so much, Jim. And uh, for answering our five questions, please, you, this is your chance to plug whatever you like and send our listeners wherever you want to send them. Oh, good God. Okay, so go to uh, easiest one. Go to jimzub.com, J-I-M-Z-U-B.com. You can see uh, all sorts of comic book uh, projects I'm working on. I would love to walk through all of those because I'm doing, like, eight different things. But doing work for Marvel, DC... Uh, Dark Horse, Image, IDW, Dynamite. It's like a bingo card of the comic business. Um, but probably what I'm known best for is Skull Kickers, which you can also find at skullkickers.com. It's an action fantasy comedy, The Hobbit Meets the Hangover style, ridiculous. Uh, you can read uh, old issues free online, get hooked, and then um, check us out. And then if you like that, then you'll probably like other things I'm doing, like the new Samurai Jack comic book series or the upcoming uh, Disney figment uh, comic for uh, for Marvel. Thank you so much, Jim. My pleasure. Hi, Eric. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. How's uh, Emerald City Comic Con treating you? Uh, it's great. I, Emerald City is one of the cons that I do not miss. It's one of my most favorites. It's super close to Portland and good sales and people are really friendly and I, it'd just be stupid not to come. Yeah. Erica Moen, uh, for our listeners on Surviving Creativity, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, I'm Erica Moen. I'm a queer cartoonist at Periscope Studio. I do a comic called Oh Joy Sex Toy. Uh, each week I review uh, either a sex toy or talk about something that has to do with the sex industry. So I interview porn stars or I talk a lot about sex ed. Uh, I tell people how to eat pussy. Oh wait, can I say that on your podcast? Of okay, all right. <laughs> um, and before that, I did an autobiographical series called Dar, uh, which was my story about being a lesbian who falls in love with a man and a whole bunch of dick and fart jokes. I like dick and fart jokes. I know you do. <laughs> Uh, Well, welcome to Surviving Creativity. 
thank you so much. I love this podcast. Yay. I, 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 each episode that goes up, like I just listen to it immediately. It's really, really nice. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much. This is our uh, inaugural um, convention podcast, and what we're doing is we're going around to all the creators we know, and we're asking them five questions. Okay. And uh, there's no right or wrong answer. Answer however you feel, whatever comes into your mind. And I wanted to know, uh, this is not the first question, but can we ask you these questions? Are you willing to participate? I, I consent to this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. So the first question is, please define for me success. Success. Success for me keeps changing. The things that when I first started 15 years ago as a 15-year-old, uh, success to me meant somebody knew who you were. Uh, and now, as a 30-year-old, success to me means paying my mortgage and my water bill and my health insurance from my work. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's changed a lot over the years. <laughs> That's awesome. But having, having a shifting idea of success is not a bad thing at no. all. I no, I don't think so. Like, yeah. I mean, because like, you're growing, you're getting older. Uh, like, of course, success is going to change. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of nice because that means each, each goalpost I've met for what I thought success was. Okay, sorry to toot my own horn here. But I've met them. And then every time that I, I meet that goalpost of what success is, I'm like, oh, well, clearly that wasn't success because there's still this other thing to get. That's yeah. success. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh, so for the second question, please tell us a story about your greatest failure. My greatest failing? Oh, my God. How do I choose? Um, oh, Jesus. This question it's right now. Hard, it's, it's the hardest question by far because it just is. Oh, golly. Um, I guess not knowing how to handle the internet well enough. Um, sure. Not knowing how to handle backlash. Uh, I mean, I guess live and learn. I Going through a failure of, of failing to understand how to handle deep, angry backlash against me has now taught me how to handle that. Right. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of a success. No, and see, this is something we talk about a lot is... Uh, and it, people listening to this are so fucking tired of me saying this, but it's really, we believe in success is a, is a road paved with failure. Yeah, like you absolutely. have to hit these things and you learn so much from each one and then that's what makes you successful. In the end. Yeah, I mean, and I feel that way about my past relationships as well. Um, so like every uh, girl that I dated before, I, you know, those relationships would end, but I didn't necessarily think of them, like some of my friends would be like, oh yeah, that one ex, but well, I was, terrible relationship right and it's like well but no actually I learned a lot from it and the lessons that I took from that I took forward to make myself a better person and to look for red flags and other partners and like now I have a great relationship because like I couldn't have the relationship I have now if I hadn't had those failed relationships in the past you know what I mean and yeah but I guess just knowing how to handle the internet uh, is my biggest failure <laughs> tell us what is your process my process for making a comic your question. Oh, oh golly, my process. Um, yeah, so my husband, so Ojoy Sex Toy is very collaborative between my husband and me. Um, I know my name gets all the spotlight, and I've been like, baby, why don't we put your name on this? He's like, no, 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 I want your name is on it. You're the face of this, but like, it really is the two of us. And we'll we'll sit together and we'll talk about, we'll brainstorm subjects that we want to do comics on. And then one of us goes and writes the script, the other one edits it. And then I take it and I start dropping the text into my template on my web, uh, not my website, uh, in Photoshop. And then once I've dropped in enough text that I feel like, okay, that's that's a good amount of text for one page. Then I start moving the text around and drawing around it. Uh, and I'm 
completely digital at this point, which kind of breaks my heart. I really, really, really miss. Are, yeah. I, it kills me because, like, I love inking with a brush. That is what I like. That is the most joyful part of comics for me. And now I don't even have that. <laughs> There's, but technology advances. We have yeah. to move quickly. So no, it, it, it lets me meet my deadline. Yeah. So like, okay, boohoo, poor brush inking, but yeah. uh, I got it up on Tuesday. Anyway, so uh, so then I pencil and ink and color it digitally, yeah. and I put it on the internet, and then I send my book designer the page, the individual pages, so that she can put them into the book that we're making right now. <laughs> um, yeah, and then and then when it goes up on Tuesday, I just kind of live on the internet reminding Twitter, uh, hey guys, go look at the comic. Except this is really fun for me because I like to think of new ways to say, hey, go look at the comic. So I try to like come up with these new terrible jokes and puns and have the link. So it's like I, I really, really hate it when people just say, hey, in case you missed it, I updated. Like, who's going to want to retweet that? That is so right, boring. Right, right. So I try to be like, hey, guys. Like, my most recent comic was about, like, how to eat pussy. So I was coming up with all these terrible puns about it. And I just, like, make a new pussy pun and, be, and then have a link to the <laughs> comic. And, like, those would get retweeted, right? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. um, it's a self-contained joke. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, tell us, what is your trick? My trick? Okay, so I take a cherry stem. No. Um, <laughs> no, I can't tie a knot in a cherry stem. I've tried for years. I am incapable of it. Um... My trick is to be genuine um, and to try to create the work that I needed when I was learning about sex and because um, I had a really bad sex education and uh, it was very scary, very, I don't know, not a good time. And I needed comics that were friendly and joyful yeah. and explained things very plainly and graphically. Sure. Um, because I remember, like, when I very first started dating girls, I was like, how do you eat pussy? I don't even understand. And um, and I could have used an illustrated guide that was like, <laughs> this is what you do with your tongue. And so, like, I'm trying to make yeah. stuff that I needed. Yeah, yeah. And um, and just, I'm, I'm trying to make the world a little bit of a better place. <laughs> just a tiny, tiny bit. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That, that's, that's something great to strive for, too. Yeah, that's my trick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> give us one piece of advice. One piece of advice. Uh, be genuine. Um, the work that you're doing, honestly care about it. Honestly be putting your voice into it. Because, I mean, every single story has already been told. All the information I'm putting into my sex ed strips, like, it's already out there on the Internet. But I'm telling it with my voice. Right. Uh, so, so be true to your voice. Tell the story that only you can tell. And, um, and then profit. <laughs> and then profit. Right? Step four, profit. That's how it works, isn't it? <laughs> well, thank you so much, Erica, for answering our five questions and uh, for doing the work and answering the five questions. Please send our listeners wherever you want to send them. Now's your chance to plug whatever you like to plug. All right. Um, I, please go check out my comic at ojoysextoy.com. Uh, you can also just see like my main hub at ericamoen.com. Erica is spelled E-R-I-K-A. M-O-E-N dot com. <laughs> thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right. Thank you. So good to see you. Uh, Keith Wood. Hi, Keith. How's it going? Having a good show? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, first, for our listeners, please tell us a little about yourself. Um, I've been mostly in comic book graphic design for the past 16 years. Worked for Dark Horse, Oni Press. And, uh, yeah, it's been a good ride for the last 16 years. I was up here to see uh, Kenichi Sonata. I designed Gunsmith Cats, and so I came up just as a fan this year instead of having to actually work a booth. So it was a pretty cool moment to just kind of meet him and 
talk to him and say, hey, I designed your books and for the English language translation. And yeah, it's been great. You, you and I are friends, so I feel comfortable saying this, but you downplay yourself constantly. For those of you listening, you there is a 99% chance if you have read a comic book any time in the last 15 years that uh, Keith may have had a finger on it in some way, either in a design aspect or a layout aspect or even managing the designer who did the work. Uh, he's pretty much been, he's, he's, I would say he is the, the most prolific, if not at least most all-around uh, designer and, uh, in the industry. You've, you've definitely, almost certainly definitely seen his work. Uh, yeah, I've been very fortunate to work here um, and work with a lot of creators over the years, whether it was at Dark Horse or Oni Press or just freelancing. Um, worked on Powers, Scott Pilgrim, The Six Gun, oh man, Star Wars. Uh, Hellboy animated like it's yeah like a lot of a lot of fun projects Buffy the Vampire Slayer back in the day um, so yeah I, I, it's hard to think of myself because I always you know people come to see the creators they don't think about the people who actually are working on the books and making the logos and making the things but there are a lot of good designers out there I just happen to be one of them yeah that's something that we talk about quite a lot is uh, you know you said people come to see the creators but really uh, the part of this show is is showing uh, fans and uh, and listeners and other creators that the creative process is many faceted. Like yes, there are there you know there are ostensibly the creators, the writers, and the artists, and that kind of thing. But before uh, a project and any project, not not necessarily a comic book, but a, a film or a piece of music or whatever, gets out to the the consuming public, there's probably several people along the way that have had something to do with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, you brought up film or whether it's a novel, like a, you have an illustrator do the book jacket, and then you have a designer do the typesetting, you have marketing, you have people making bookmarks, people making posters, promoting, all that stuff um, is all the stuff that I kind of work on and build. Um, and working with creators hand in hand is the fun part, you know, getting to see a sketch come in and then see it get inked, see it get colored, and then I get to take that and make a logo or help direct it. I mean, that's that's the fun part of making a comic, right? And then seeing the fans get excited. I mean, Emerald City this year is huge. I, I can't imagine like it's going to get smaller. Next year is going to be bigger and bigger. Pretty soon it'll be the next San Diego. And uh, but it's great. Like the talent here is awesome, and the fans are great. So yeah, it's it's been a good show. So every creator that comes on the show uh, gets asked five questions. And uh, there's no right or wrong answers. You can answer these questions however you want, just sort of whatever comes to your mind, whatever you think about at the time. So uh, will you answer our five questions for us? Can I answer them all at once? <laughs> no, you have to answer them one at a time. Are you sure? I am, yes. Okay. Question first. Uh, please define for me success. Happiness. Being happy with what you do, that's success enough. I mean, sure, money's great, but... Look around. We don't care about money. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're in the wrong industry for cash. No, it's absolutely happiness. I mean, if you're not happy, you're not going to be successful in everything else you do. And so that's it. Yeah. That's a really good answer, man. Uh, so tell us a story about your greatest failure. Oh, wow. My greatest failure. Can we come back to that while I think? No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Um, <laughs> Whatever comes to mind. don't know. Can we edit that and come back to it? <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what. I'll, oh, wait. I got it. It's this interview right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, and this is, I, we, we honestly believe this, and we talk about it at, at length in future episodes of Surviving Creativity um, about your greatest failure, because the, the reason why it's hard for someone like you or someone like me uh, or Scott or Brad or, you know, or Jack or any number of people on our show 
the reason it's hard for us to, to sort of say this is our greatest failure is because the successful people, people like us, rarely view something as a failure. Even when it just really didn't work out. Like, uh, the, the two common responses we've gotten so far in talking about this are either, my list of failures is too long, I can't think of just one, or the pause where they go, God, and in your head you're going, well, I guess it's a failure, but really if that hadn't happened, then I wouldn't have learned this or this wouldn't have happened. So, you know, it's, it's di I think it's difficult for people like us to answer that question because it's hard to view something as a failure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I mean, I've had designs that I felt like are more successful than others, but I'm not going to mention which ones those are as to <laughs> offend anybody. But, um, you know, I'll design a logo and... I do a lot of self-editing before I even show it to the editor or the illustrator or creator. Um, so there's many failures when designing. Like I'll come up with maybe 10 logos or six logos or sometimes you nail it on the first try and you're like, holy, holy cow, I can't do any better than this. But um, it, I guess the failure comes in as, I can't really think of a specific example right now, but when I've done something that I'm proud of and then you show it to the other creative team and they, they're not feeling it, you know, and, and then I'm either trying to justify it and say, no, this is why I think it's good. Or they're just like, yeah, that's not, you went in a totally different direction than what the book's really about. And so then you start from scratch and sometimes it makes the project better. Um, most of the time it makes the project better. But um, I mean, in any creative process, whether you're illustrating, coloring, whatever, um, especially related to comic books, you fail all the time, but it's like a quiet internal failure, I would say, you know, whether you have an artist, you know, just sketching a cover comp and he makes a mistake and erases it, like that's a failure in itself, right? So I guess, I can't really think of one great failure, but I have many, many, many little failures <laughs> that aren't seen and I just internalize them as a lot of, I think, creative people do. Yeah. Tell us about your process. <laughs> well, I beat my head against my desk. I cry at emails. Right. I curse a lot. Right. Um, I drive my wife nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, uh, it, it really changes on each book and who I'm working with. Um, sometimes I'm given free reign and they're like, hey, we love your work. Do something awesome. And we know we're going to love it. And I do that. And other times we uh, go back and forth a lot. Um, usually I read the script or the book or talk to them about what the project's about, and then from there I start forming um, a logo. When I'm designing a book, I have two different methods. Sometimes I do the cover first, the full cover, back cover, spine, figure out what typography I like, come up with some treatments that I think are appropriate to the aesthetic of the book, and then from there I, I kind of take that layout and I run with the interior design and I make sure that everything's cohesive. Um, if, but sometimes it's weird, I'll do the opposite. Sometimes I design the interior of the book first and then I go back and I get, implement that aesthetic on the cover. Um, so yeah, I'll do, I'll do rough sketches. Um, I call them rough sketches. A lot of times it's straight into the computer. Um, but for logos, a lot of times I sketch by hand. Um, you know, uh, if I want a serif typeface, you know, a little classy look, or if I want it to be really crazy in your face superhero. It's a different typography treatment. Um, a lot of things like color and type affect the aesthetic of a book. So I think that's stuff people see but don't necessarily like, you know, consciously absorb. Yeah. Like, oh, why does this feel this way? Why does this book look like it's super like right. European or this one's super like 60s, you know, Batman and it pows at bam in your face. So um, it's all, a lot of that's type and color and that'll elicit like a response for the, the aesthetic of the book. Uh, what is your trick? My trick? 
use um oh jeez I don't have any tricks the trick is no tricks the trick is no tricks uh, no I would say the trick is um when people talk about the creative process and just how are you successful I would say the trick is just hard work I mean so many of us are working late nights two jobs you know you freelance on top of your day job I know many cartoonists that do that um, illustrators writers and you know people are always like well how did you break into the industry or how do you do this and I think a lot of it is just like if it's what you want to do and you keep doing it and maybe that's the failure right you do something and it doesn't work um, but you just keep trying and eventually you look back and it's like holy cow like I said I don't realize I've been doing this for 16 years like that's amazing right I moved out to work at Dark Horse out of college and and it's just one of those things where you look back and it's like, wow, 16 years, that's a long time. I have a lot of books on my bookshelf. Like, it's ridiculous. My wife is going to kill me if I don't, like, start getting rid of books. Yeah, but yeah. then you get attached to them because each one's a memory and an experience. And you, you see the growth. You know, you look at stuff I designed 12 or 13 years ago, and now it's vastly different. And part of that's technology's gotten better. Part of it, I've, I've gotten better. You know, it's like any cartoonist, you look at their early work to the later work, and you see a huge usual progression because you just get better and better the more you do it. So... Just keep trying and you keep getting better. Uh, give us one piece of advice. Don't do podcasts. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I like, Corey and I know each other for a long time, so it's, uh, it's good. Um, one big piece of advice. Well, in terms of comics and conventions, eat outside the convention hall. I would say that is a big piece of advice. Um, it's a lot of nasty food floating around. There was a huge line for Subway. Not that I have anything against Subway per se, but... You go down around the bakery around the corner and get a little breakfast sandwich, you're going to feel a little better for the rest of the day. <laughs> That's an excellent piece of con advice. <laughs> con advice, yeah. Uh, Keith, thank you so much for talking to us. Uh, painless, right? Painless, absolutely. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so for answering our five questions, uh, I'm going to need a chance to plug whatever you want, send, send our people wherever you want to send them. Um, well, I would just say go to your local comic shop first because they're the ones that need a lot of support and love. Um, obviously, creators are doing well, so you can find them on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. Um, I don't tweet very much, though, because I'm always working in Photoshop and <laughs> InDesign, and you don't. I'm not a good social media person. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to be working with uh, Scott Kurtz on his Table Titans book. Uh, I got projects in line with Oni Press for Six Gun and couple others that I can't talk about because I don't know if they're announced yet but um, yeah uh, you'll see more of my name on books I'm sure every year so just uh, enjoy what I do and uh, say hi to the fans and creators as they... thank you so much Keith it's been nice having thanks dude it's been another episode of Surviving Creativity Join us next week for part two of our Emerald City Comic Con convention special when we fire our five questions at Ron Richards, Meredith McLaren, Graham McMillan, Kel McDonald, Tyler Crook, Frank Gibson, Danielle Corsetto, Greg Rucka, and Joel Jones. If you enjoy what you heard and you want to support us, head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and consider becoming a patron. So tune in next week for part two of the Emerald City Comic Con convention special of surviving creativity.